Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you doing today? Uh, It is January as we record this, and I have to tell you here in Florida, in in North Florida, the Panhandle, the weather is gorgeous. I was outside today in shorts and a tank top, and uh, there were a bunch of people laying out at the park. Um, My guest today has a very different experience of her Sunday um, as we record this, and I'll let her tell you about that. So, guys, back last year in, I think it was November, I had hoped to have a benefit speaker for you guys. I really wanted to give you kind of a primer on benefits and how to sort of assess them and and really talk about how important that is in the overall package that you get from a company. It's not just about the salary that they offer you. It's the whole thing. And it can really make a huge difference in your kind of take-home pay and kind of you know, what gets taken out of your paycheck, but also you want to know enough so that you can ask the right questions and really evaluate if the benefits package is is going to be the best fit for you. So I have the perfect guest now. We've had some some challenges getting getting together, but it's worth it. And I'm so glad to have her as my guest today. And her name is Michelle Rose. And I want to let her start by telling um, you a little bit about uh, herself. So um, Michelle, why don't you tell them about you? Okay. Hello everyone, my name is Michelle Rose. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. So I am not enjoying sunshine (laughs) today. I'm enjoying over a foot of snow. Um, And I use the word enjoying loosely. (laughs) It is cold and miserable in my opinion. Um, I have worked in human resources for 12 years and have worked specifically for the benefits department for three, a great field. It's an important part of human resources. Um, So I will try to anticipate questions or also use as from experience, a lot of questions that I have received um, just from new employees or prospective employees as they look to possibly join our team. Perfect, Michelle. And and I know that my listeners love to hear kind of how people got to where they are from where they started. So tell us a little bit about your educational background and, you know, what did you do before you came in and how did you find benefits as your career field? Sure. So interestingly enough, my original major in college, I wanted to be a marine biologist. So, (laughs) okay. So real closely related. (laughs) Right. Um, my dad worked in industrial relations and as I was growing up, uh, in high school, he would be at night, he would be sitting at the kitchen table and he would be working. And I was always just really intrigued by things that he had going on. And so that is really where I, I discovered that that's the field that I wanted to be in. Um, I double majored and got my bachelor's in, um, human resources and psychology And then I got my master's in rehabilitative counseling. So, and I'm currently working on my master's in HR management. I like school a lot, uh, (laughs) if you can't tell already. Um, But I worked as an HR generalist. And then when I joined my current company, 
they had an opening open or available specifically in the benefits department. And I really looked at it as that was a great way for me to, you know, learn about the company, learn about our policies, and really just you get a great overall picture um, of the organization. And so I sat on the benefits team for two and a half years, and it was it was great. We've made a lot of changes, and we've definitely learned a lot just about you know the the applicants that are coming in and how to gear our presentation and what we have to offer more towards them. And you're in a very competitive field, healthcare, right? So that makes it even more important that you offer the benefits that are going to make you competitive to the other, you know, healthcare industry in your area. Most definitely. From my point of view, when I am looking at a company, you, you're interviewing the company as much as the company is interviewing you. Yes. And it is definitely, you know, a, a 50-50. And in today's world, I feel like the benefits package is crucial and one of the most deciding factors, you know, that everyone is looking into before they make their decision. We have a lot of you know, students who are just coming out of college or um, people who are maybe transitioning, you know, from another organization and they want to see how the benefits stack up against each other. And it's important for them because they want to know, you know, what they're going to have before they leave one thing, you know, what is your benefit package like? And it is important that, you know, companies are giving a competitive benefit package um, in order to attract talent and keep talent. I couldn't agree more. And, and, and guys, if you don't know how much insurance actually costs, I have to pay my own insurance because I am a, an entrepreneur. And just for the insurance piece, not counting, you know, vision or dental or any of that, I'm paying something in the neighborhood of eight or $900 a month. Um, so that alone, and then that doesn't count your vacation days and all of these things. So Michelle, let's dig in to this, this uh, kind of primer on benefits. So what's the first point you want to share with the listeners? So I would say um, when you are, you know, looking to make a change or, you know, you're, you're interviewing with a new organization that you do, you know, ask your recruiter, you reach out to find out just information, even if it's just basic information about the benefits package. Um, it is a very common question. And so I just encourage people to not be embarrassed or apprehensive. They're expecting that. And it's crucial. I mean, you want to know what the information, you know, what kind of offerings you will have. People, obviously, they always look at salary first, but I always say that benefits should be a close second. I would tell everybody, you know, to do definitely get that big package. And as much as we hate to not say that it's just about like the cost of, of health insurance, it really is because that's something that is going to be deducted from your paycheck. And you want to see, you know, just you want to be prepared. You want to see if it's something that's feasible. In today's market, I feel like it is very competitive. Where I am currently employed, I think it is fantastic that, you know, what the employees are expected to pay, it's, I feel like it's a minimal amount. And when I'm talking to a prospective employee, a lot of times when we share that information, that helps them because they can see how much they're going to be clearing up, you know, our 
be having deductions per pay period and it kind of helps them see what they can, you know, what they can afford, what they can't afford. I mean, there's a big difference between telling somebody you're going to be paying $45 a pay period versus you're going to be paying $245 a pay period. Huge. That's huge. Do you find that most companies today, are they offering benefits for an entire family or with the cost of healthcare, has it become kind of, we're going to cover the employee and any spouse and children, you know, they're kind of, you know, above, way above and beyond. Like that's your, that's going to be out of pocket. What's happening with that? I feel in order to remain competitive, um, a lot of companies are still trying to offer family coverage, spouse, children, even stepchildren. Where I'm currently employed, we have a benefit where you can actually cover a legally domiciled adult. Um, which is very rare. Um, so it could be someone who just lives in the same household as you. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, healthcare costs continue to rise and it, to the point that it's, it's, it's actually, it's amazing to me how much the costs have changed over the years. I feel like still many organizations will cover families Obviously, the cost is a lot higher than if you would choose to cover just yourself. Smaller businesses look to cover just the employee only. That's something, you know, important that you want to look at as well. We also have individuals who, if you are married, um, they will get the information. If both, uh, both employers will offer family coverage, you know, they want to look at both pieces of information and see what works best for them financially. Which I think is a really good point, Michelle, because for some people, there there are issues about child coverage that may not come up at the time you're considering a benefits package and kind of evaluating a job opportunity. But down the line, you and your spouse may need to pull out those packages, talk to HR at each of the companies and figure out what makes the most sense when you start having children. Right. And that's, I mean, and I love that you said that because I think, you know, if you're really eager and you're excited about a position and you get an offer and you say, oh, is there a, you know, a health insurance, you know, package and they say yes. And that's where you don't ask any more questions and say you do have children. And then on your first day, you find out that it covers employee only. I mean, it is important to get as much information as you can before going in and, you know, accepting an offer. And a lot of times I would encourage everyone also when you're talking to a recruiter to ask if they have like a benefits summary that they can send you. Um, I know we have one where I am employed and it's, it's so helpful because it gives them just a general snapshot. But if they have more specific questions, we're available you know, to give them that extra information they might need to help them make a decision. So I hope what you guys are starting to hear from this conversation is you're starting to get a picture that you can have a salary that is higher at a company, but your take home, not only your net pay on your actual paycheck, but what you actually get to keep in terms of, you know, if you've got a lot of deductibles going out the window with, with healthcare and those kind of things, it can really affect your real money in terms of what you get, you know, what's left over after all these other things. And so you really want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. So Michelle's first suggestion, I think is a great one to really ask those questions. Don't be, 
don't be afraid. And it's not enough for them to just say, yeah, we, we have healthcare. Like you need the very specifics. I like the idea of having that, that, you know, one page summary kind of thing so that you can really compare, especially if you've got multiple job offers, you can compare them to one another. So that's suggestion number one. What's the next suggestion, Michelle? Um, I would feel like most important right now to prospective employees is um, geared towards retirement. Um, And so that's another field. So when I went in first starting um, in the field years and years and years ago, you know, and I had a 401k, I had no idea what I was doing, except that money was coming out of my check and that I would get quarterly statements in the mail. And that's where, that's where my knowledge stopped. Mm -hmm. And I think now it's even, I would say part of the, you know, the interview when you're, when you're even looking into a company, you know, you want to find out, you know, what is the retirement options? What is there a match? What are the vesting periods? And then the, the most important I feel like now is are there resources available to help you invest your money and to know what you're doing so that you're not like I was years ago and just, I just put my money somewhere, but I really had no idea what it was doing. They have companies have um, resources available to you to help you understand because to a lot of us, we have no idea about different funds and how to allocate our money, how much we should be investing if we wanted to, retire and run off to St. Martin at the age of 45, (laughs) things like that. And I just really encourage people to get information and to, to under, make sure you understand it, educate yourself, you know, your money can go in just, you know, and not a safe place or a safe fund, but you have so many other options and just to really find out what is available to you in terms of the retirement. But most importantly, what kind of match you're getting because it all trickles back to what you were saying about you can have this fantastic salary, but you'll, you'll learn when you start finding out your benefits that your benefits will keep kind of chunking away at that salary because you could go to one employer and they offer you, you know, a great salary, but say they're only matching 1%, whereas you have another company who matches Three percent, and so unless you, on your end you're doing something to you know put extra money aside, that's something you would take into consideration. Absolutely, I know when I left. So the university system, at least in the two states I've been in, had um, you know an, an automatic retirement program, so they were automatically contributing a certain percentage. And when I was in Georgia, it was. Um, we contributed. So it was a, it was a mandatory con- contribution. And then when I went to Missouri, it was all paid for by the university system. We didn't have to, we were not required to contribute anything. And what ended up happening was I got a raise when I went out there, but it was actually way more money than that. And because all of a sudden they weren't taking money required. Now, of course, I wanted to you know contribute to my retirement, but the point was, I wasn't required to. So then the net gain in that move in terms of my, my salary was pretty significant. I think it was like 40% 
increase from one state to the next. So it's kind of interesting. Definitely. All right, so we want to, so, so in some cases they've got um, perhaps a plan at the company, right, that is, is you can, you have some options in how you allocate that money, like what your risk tolerance is, but in other cases you have complete control over how that money is, is uh, allocated, is that correct? Correct. So a lot of times if you, your company um, utilizes you know, say a company, just for example, like Empower Retirement, who formerly was Great West or Principal, you know, things like that. They, you have the ability to go on their website and allocate your, you know, change your allocations, kind of do some projections and to see where you stand. Nowadays, companies are even making it available sometimes where you can meet one-on-one -on -one with a representative from the retirement company, you know, if it's, if it's handled outside of your organization. And that's another thing I would say to, you know, definitely take advantage of. The customer service numbers, um, I know a lot of people get frustrated because they feel like, you know, it is hard to call and talk to somebody about you know, I'm trying, you know, your retirement and what kind of funds it's, you know, sometimes it can be hard to do over the phone. So, you know, see what options you have to do um, to meet with someone in person. But I can tell you also, um, if you do have to do it over the phone or over the web, technology, obviously, we know is changing every day and the strides that they have made just on to the online systems and to help you understand if you made this change this is what would happen to your money and even helping you with projections. It's amazing. So I know, um, don't, don't fear if there isn't a one-on-one -on -one person available to sit down with you from a retirement company, the same function is available on the web as well. Um, and I think it'll continue to get better. I mean, there's so many of us and I know I was guilty of it for so many years that I, you know, I had all this information at my fingertips, but honestly, I was just scared of it. And so I'm like, I didn't understand it. And I never made the effort to really try to understand it. And the sad thing is now everything's right there at your fingertips. And so when you're really bored on a Sunday night, or if you have a snowy weekend or um, just some downtime to, you know, get out there and learn about your, you know, you're investing in yourself and just to, you know, take the time to learn what is offered to you. Excellent. Excellent. So what's your next tip for these folks? Um, I kind of want to touch back on the health insurance again, just because I want to mention that when someone, you know, you start to ask questions and they say, yes, we have health coverage and you want to find out some specifics. You want to find out things like what is the deductible? You could go somewhere and you could have a company again, one company offer you this insurance, but you have a $1,500 deductible. And then you have another organization who offers you the same type of coverage, but they have a $500 deductible. So the deductible is the amount that you would have to pay before your benefits kick in. So I always try to tell people, think about that that's an amount that you're going to have to pay. 
And so we keep trickling back to like what's coming out of your paycheck and what kind of chisels away at it. But ask questions. What is the deductible? What are my co-pays? Um, so the copay is when you go to the doctor's office, that's the, the copay that you're, you're making when you see the physician. You know, so typically they can be, one could tell you it's $20. Another, the other organization could say, oh, our copays are $50. You just want to get all of the specifics. If you have a dependent or a spouse or even yourself that has a certain, you know, specific medical issue, I would try also and encourage you to get as much information about that up front as well. Is there certain specifics regarding, um, you know, a pre-existing condition? Do we have um, specialist co-pays, things like that? Just try to get as much information as you can um, because it's always good to go into something, no, you know, expecting that. And nobody likes surprises that cost more money. So just um, try to get as much information and educate yourself about what the, what is available and what the options are when it comes to things like that as well. Yeah, deductibles, co-pays, and I don't know if there's any way to find out about medications up front. It could get really sticky if you're trying to ask those kind of questions before you've gotten the job, but the fact is there can be a huge difference in what you're paying out of pocket. So if you, I don't know, you give Give us your advice, Michelle, if someone is on some sort of, you know, maintenance drugs that they know they're going to be on for the duration and it's a pretty expensive drug, how can they find out what that's actually going to cost at that employer? Sure. So a lot of companies um, with their benefit plans, they have tiers in regards to their medications. And so, for example, say someone is on a thyroid you know, a maintenance medicine for their thyroid, and it fell under tier one. And so when I say different tiers, um, a lot of organizations or a lot of companies with their prescriptions, they'll have three tiers, all of which have a separate copay. So it could be something like $12, $20, and $30. And $30 being more of a, a higher um you know, a higher or a more specific drug. Um, and so definitely, if you have a specific medication, you can ask definitely about the tiers and kind of how they work and what the costs are. And then ask if you, if they have the formulary. Um, so the formulary will show you all of the different medications and what tier that it falls under. Once you're in an organization, a lot of them will post it on their intranet. But if you find out who administers the prescription benefits, then, and you get your, you know, find out on that formulary or reach out to that company, then you can find out, you know, and get a ballpark of what kind of copay you're looking at for that medication. And also, are there limitations? Can you only go to to certain pharmacies. That formulary would also tell you if you needed any kind of a uh, pre-authorization. So there are certain medications that do require a pre-authorization, but you would be able to find out, find that information in that formulary. So the formularies are as intimidating as they may look when you first open them. Um, they are organi organized where it would make your, your drug easy to find and 
you know, you would know what tier it fell in as well as if there's any kind of stipulation or a pre-authorization uh, required. That's great too, because you guys don't have to ask anybody, you know, I have this disease or I have this condition, how much is it going to cost to get medicated? You can look that up for yourself. So I think that's great. And so for those of you who do have it, conditions, um, that's something to really think about. So what's your next suggestion, Michelle? I would say um, I always try to tell people to look at one of the things that we get the most of questions about too is about vacation time. Yes. And so I would always try encourage people to find out, well, not only how much you get, but what uh, what goes along with it? How does it increase? Many organizations they you have so much when you start. Um, you know, ask how does it accrue? Does it accrue per pay period? Do I get just a lump sum right off the top? Does it run calendar year? You know, vacations get our vacation benefits now are so different across organizations. So do you um, accrue it monthly? Do you, do you have like a use it or lose it vacation um, policy? And then if you, is there a maximum allowed? So if it's a company that just like you accrue per pay period and you know, you can just, it keeps rolling over. Is there a maximum? I have never known. I would never have any experience in that because I love vacations. So I've never neared my maximum, <laughs> but it is definitely something to ask about. And another thing is if you were to leave the organization, how is, how is that handled? I mean, when you go in, a company certainly doesn't want you to think about leaving, you know, right as you're going in, but how would your vacation time be handled? Is that paid out to you? Um, that's actually a common question that we get. Um, and it's the same kind of touching back on um, the retirement, but that's a good question to ask as well when you're talking about your retirement. If I leave the organization, you know, what happens? What happens with my benefit? And, you know, a lot of times if you leave the organization, it could be for something out of your control. So it's not that you're asking because you're already looking for the next best, best thing. It's just that you just want to be prepared and, and you know, know the extent of all of your benefits. And certainly visit that again, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about leaving or you're ready to, you know, um, announce that you're leaving, you want to make sure you kind of know that enough ahead of time so that if they require you to take the vacation that you take it so that you don't lose it. But if there's a cash payout, maybe you, you know, want a little bit of something after you leave to kind of cushion you as you go into your next job. So just knowing what that situation is, um, is, is super important. And that goes with sick leave as well as, is vacation leave. What's the, what's the deal there? And I know my um, son's employer is very strange in that they, they, I think they've just changed it now, but when he went there, no defined vacation, no defined sick leave. You just tell them when you need to be off. And I, I think that's crazy, but it was, you know, he didn't know that until he went in. And so he had a lot of questions for me about how do I navigate this? Like, I feel guilty every time I ask for time off because I don't know if I'm asking for too much. So just get that scoop and know, you know, know what, know what the deal is and you can kind of play by the rules. Definitely. All right. Do you have any other tips for us, Michelle? 
I would say to make sure um, that you do ask about what you mentioned with the, the leave and the sick time. Um, a lot, especially the younger employees, they're wanting to start families. Um, I can tell you from experience how I have dealt with so many employees who go into a new job and they know, oh, well, I've signed up for short-term disability. And so when I have my baby, um, you know, I'll be able, I'll have a benefit. I'll be, I'll be out on leave and I'll be getting, still be getting, you know, some money coming in and you want to make sure you understand all the ins and outs of a company's leave as well, not just FMLA, but in terms of how do they handle the leave, you know, with, in regards to your PTO, or if you have a short-term disability um, benefit, would that, it, you know, a lot of times then the pregnancy is actually a pre-existing condition. Meaning if you're pregnant, when that benefit goes into effect, it would not cover your, you would not be able to use that benefit um, after you deliver. So that's just something that nobody, that's one of those surprises that uh, nobody likes. And so I had an employee ask me about it and she was, you know, obviously very pregnant and she said, well, who, how, how am I going to get paid? she was a new employee. She didn't, wasn't going to have enough PTO. So if you're thinking about starting a family, just make sure you ask those questions too. So, so you're prepared for that. And if you don't know what FMLA is guys, that's the family medical leave act. And, and if you have been working, you probably had to interact with FMLA in some capacity, but that's kind of that thing that kind of protects your job. If you're going to be out for some period of time, whether it's a, a medical illness or a family member can fall under that, a spouse that can all fall under FMLA. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I'm not by any means an expert on FMLA, Michelle. No, that was a great description. You know, it, it is in place to help you, you know, protect, you know, it protects the employee. Um, it's a great benefit, um, you know, and definitely utilized, especially like, you know, in illness, things like that. Um, and it's getting to be a very large part of the benefits um, departments now, um, just because, you know, there are, you know, births and, and things like that and illness and, thing, you know, different situations, but definitely get all of that information. Um, a lot of times they have a specific leave team or um, if it's outsourced an organization that would handle all um, any leave of absence and things like that but just to make sure that you you know you do get that information as well. So do you have any other um, suggestions for folks or what else can you tell them? If I had to give you one piece of advice I would say to ask questions. Um, don't be embarrassed. I know when, if it's, if you're already, you've already joined the organization. A lot of times we get, um, people at orient, you know, at their orientation and they, they're just, because of there's so many people around, they're embarrassed to ask questions, but they have, a lot of them are coming right off of their parents' insurance for the first time. And it's their first time having their own insurance and they have no idea your human resources department and your benefits team are there to help you. 
there is not a question that has not been asked that and you should never be embarrassed definitely reach out to them lean on them they will do everything to help you and help you understand and make sure you get through the process when you start with a company they're going to give you so many things you know regarding your benefits and if you're like most people you would just take them home and tuck them away but look, you know, take the time to look over them. You can learn a lot about, you know, a lot more in depth about your benefits once you are um, part of that organization. And because companies are so limited in how much time they have in the onboarding to just spend specifically on benefits, it's like you really just get the core, you know, this is the most important information but there's so much more to it. And so just take the time to educate yourself and you know have that, but certainly lean on your human resources team or your benefits team for whatever question you might have. Well, I think that's great advice, Michelle. Is there anything else you wanna tell our listeners today? Um, no, I think that's it. I think that you, you know, it's just something that is definitely taken into consideration these days. And I hope that what we've talked about will help you in making decisions and asking questions to any potential employer. So if I had to summarize, guys, I would say, number one, don't be afraid to ask questions. Number two, understand that this is a total package and you should evaluate it as such. So, um, you know, don't just be kind of, um, you know, attracted to a really high salary, maybe it's, you know, $10,000 more than another offer. And maybe that is the best offer, but you really want to look at what comes with that and what is going to come out of your pocket with that position and evaluate it on that. Now, of course, I would tell you and have told you many times on this podcast that, that money shouldn't be the driving factor in your decision, but it certainly should play a part. So let's just assume if you've got two positions that you're equally interested in, two companies that you're equally interested in, then that benefits package um, can be a part of kind of what helps you make the decision of one over the other. And, and use, the third thing I would say would be then use the, use the benefits folks, use the HR people. Um, that's what they're there for. And I, I thought when, as Michelle was giving that last point, I went through a, um, a, a very difficult situation back when I was in 2009, when I was employed by um, Truman State University. And I remember so clearly when I finally came and my head came above water and I went into HR because I had to deal with some things there because of this thing that had happened in my life, the benefits woman had a stack ready for me. She knew I was coming. She had anticipated. They, she talked about it with the director of HR and they were ready for me. And I can't tell you how much that meant to me that they were thinking about me when I was underwater with all of this stuff that was going on in my life. And so my point in saying that to you is that these are people who are very caring and really there to help you. That is, you know, people who are in benefits are really out to help the employees. And so take advantage of them and, and get them on your team because that's what they're there for. So I hope that this has been helpful. Michelle, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, it was worth it. I'm, we had, <laughs> Michelle had family visiting and um, had uh, all kinds of, you know, things going on with them. 
And then about the time she uh, shooed her family out the door, my family came in the door. Um, my family didn't come down here to visit me until January 1st. So I, I just got um, the last one out on uh, the 10th of January. So um, we've, <laughs> we've been playing this for a little while, but I'm glad we finally got it together. So thank you so much for being willing to do this. Oh, thank you for having me. And I hope that you stay warm and um, that the snow melts before, you know, June or whenever. Um, before the next batch comes next right, week. Right, so. just pile on top. And, and those of you that live in the South, you will appreciate the fact that snow looks gorgeous when it comes down and it's just beautiful and it's very magical, but then it gets dirty and it, they pile it up wherever they can find to pile it up, and it gets really nasty. And um, I can remember when I lived in Northeast Missouri summers, or summers, winters, that it just didn't didn't melt for months. And so it was just gross. So um, messes up your car, messes up your shoes, messes up <laughs> Right, messes up everything. And that's why I moved back home to Florida, guys. So I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, I want to be your career coach. So reach out with a question. If you have a question about benefits, I'm sure Michelle would answer those questions. So if you send them to me, I'll be glad to route them to her and see if she can't help you with general questions. If you have anything specific about your employer, of course, you're going to need to talk to your own HR people. But if you have any questions about kind of what we talked about today, please reach out to me. As always, you can email me at lesa at exclusivecareercoaching.com and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.